are in a new series. Does anybody have any fears in this room? Okay, let's. Our next series is going to be about lying. Uh, no. Next week, we're going to start a series on fear. We're going to face our fears of failure, rejection, intimacy, and losing control. I'm going to ask you one more time. Does anyone in this room have any fears? Okay, lying will be the series after that. Thank you. Okay, that's the next series. So today, on our birthday, we are going to finish this series called Alien Nation. And as, as you all know, I've, 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 I'm a movie fan, and, and I've talked about these alien creatures that have invaded our space on the television and the movie screen, and, and we've been exploring on what that is like to be different from everything around you or to encounter something that's entirely different. And that's what this series is about. And so Jesus said that we would be in this world, but that we would not be of this world. And so we have been moving through this. And the reason why we did this series is because I see people that choose to follow Jesus. How many of y'all appreciated the baptisms this morning? Did that warm your heart? It should. It should. It is a simple thing. People go into the water, come out of the water, and yet there is something powerful about it. And there's, it's a reason why we're called to it as, as the church of God. And, and, um, but people will choose to follow Jesus with the best of intentions. And then they get knocked off the rails by something or what, most, what usually happens is a series of things. And so you're kind of beat up a little bit from this thing. And then another thing happens. And just like the, the whole one-two punch in the ring and, and you get this combination that just overwhelms you. And next thing you know, you're down for the count and you've ended up separating yourself from the very thing that keeps you alive, and that's a relationship with Jesus. And so what causes us to go off the rails? What's the problem? And so the problem is, is that we live in a world that is different from us. And so Jesus knew that this would be a tension for us to manage. And in his final hours, he prayed for his disciples then, and he prayed for those of us that follow Jesus today as well. This was on his last day of, of cruising around on the earth with his disciples before, before he would die on the cross. And he pulls away some little quiet time. He always managed to find time to stay connected with his Father in heaven. It's a good lesson there for us. And he prayed. And this prayer is in John 17. I want to read you uh, 13 through 20 today if that's okay. So John 17, we'll probably have it on the screens up there because Bill and Sam are so awesome. Um, but I'm going to read them to you. So John chapter 17, we're going to start in verse 13. He says, now I am coming to you. This is Jesus praying. I told them many things while I was with them in this world so that they would be filled with my joy. I have given them your word, and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world, and I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. 
I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. And so if you've chosen to believe in the message of Jesus that was given to you by somebody else who at one point chose to believe in Jesus because they heard a message from somebody that had chose to believe in Jesus. And so this chain reaction has happened for 2,000 plus years. And so this prayer includes you and me today. How awesome is it that Jesus would include that prayer and include us in it? Jesus knew that it would be a tension to manage. He knew what we needed to stay on track, and he prayed that we would have four things. Does anybody remember what week one was? Make a preacher feel good about himself. Oh, God bless you. Joy. Week two was unity. Somebody said it. I'm just going to pretend. And last week we talked about purity. Everybody was paying attention. And today we're going to be talking about purpose. Jesus knew that if we had joy, unity, purity, and purpose, we could stay on track. The thing, not only will you be healthy if you have those four things, be healthy and, and in a relationship with, with Father God, I don't believe you can do it in a healthy way without all of those four constant tug of war on your soul. You won't feel rested even coming to church. You'll feel, um, you'll feel in chaos on the inside if you're not pursuing these four. So not only do they keep you healthy and on track, these are things that are attractive to the world around you. And so if you've talked about church to, um, to a friend, uh, they'll say things like this. The only Christians I know are a bunch of... You guys have heard that too. Oh, my goodness. Oh, and I just don't know about church because there's so many. I'm just not interested because they don't seem to be able to get along with each other. Right? Oh, and they're just as miserable as I am. And, oh, they do the exact same things that we do. So, why again do I want your Jesus? Do you see the point? So purity separates us. It doesn't make us better than other people. It means that we've chosen to value our soul and value our relationship with God. Joy is not what the world seeks in happiness where things go its own way. Joy is where we've chosen to be content in Christ with whatever comes our way. With every breath that we get, we take it and we're thankful for it. And unity, I believe that revival will be basically come to this earth because of a great movement of unity in the church. And even amongst my friends that, that serve at different um, churches in our own network, but it's, it's been a theme even with other people that I've, it seems like at, at my age and, and, and younger generations that they care less and less about the name on the door and they just want to see if what's inside is real. So I'm not impressed by the name on the door. I want to know if your life's been changed and, and if it's affecting how you live and if it's affecting how you're moving forward. And so that, that unity is going to come and it's going to build and so these come from choices that we make on the inside. Joy comes from contentment where we have to choose. Nobody can make you content. Just as you know you can't try to keep a child content. 
At some point, you have to decide to grow up and say, I'm going to be okay. I'm okay. I'm okay in Jesus with, with what he's given me, and, and no matter what comes my way, I'm good. That's called contentment. Uh, two, unity. Unity comes when we prefer the other person. So if you want unity in your home, prefer the other people that live in there. If you want unity at work, prefer the people you work with. You see the theme. If you want unity, this is where you yield your preferences to other people. And all of a sudden, you're going to find out that you have more people that want to be around you, trusting you with their lives, and all of a sudden, you're going to have relationships that you didn't have before, and you will feel like you're in community because of that. Last week, we used an illustration of the boat. We said that uh, being a Christian, being in the world and not of the world, is just like being a boat on the water. The water can be all around us, and we're okay. The problem is when there's too much water inside the boat, right? And so purity is about us setting ourselves aside from the things of the world and choosing and making choices to say something might not be good enough for us. It's about valuing our soul and valuing our relationship with God. Today's purpose this is one of my favorite, favorite things to talk about and teach on and, and to preach on because I believe with all of my heart that God has a purpose for every person that he's ever created, which includes you and me in this room today. I absolutely believe that or I couldn't do this job. I, it, the, the work part of it would overwhelm the joy of it because uh, it just would. It's, it's, that part's difficult. But there's nothing more satisfying than seeing the light come on in somebody's soul where they see themselves as a creation of the Most High God and they see his love for them and they see that they have a reason for being alive. That is what I live for. Okay? And so we have this thing called purpose. I want to read a few more verses again. A couple of these I already read, but I want you to hear these today. I'm going to go back up to verse 7 and 8. Now they know that everything I have is a gift from you. For I have passed on to them the message you gave me. They accepted it and know that I came from you, and they believe you sent me. And so we have these verses about a message. I want to read to you 17 and then 18. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth, just as I'm sending them into the world, I am sending them into the world. So we have three things that stick out here. We have this message, we have this concept of being holy, and we have this concept of being sent. And so what is our purpose? Well, God's going to lead you to things as, in, as individuals. I absolutely believe that, and, and seeing that happen is an amazing thing. And we've seen it even here in the last five years where people have found different things uh, through serving and whatever else. God has identified where they need to go, and people have moved to, to different even careers and, and things like that and, and formed new relationships. And, and so I've seen this take on an individual thing. But collectively today, what is our purpose as believers? We have a message. He's making us holy, and we've been sent. Okay? So I want to I go through these things here a little bit today. 
your purpose is to stay on the rails. That's what this whole series is about. This whole series is about encouraging you to be your alien self. Not the ugly one with like the little head coming out of your chest and biting everybody around you. Nobody likes that kind. If you haven't seen that movie, too bad. No, this isn't an excuse to just be a jerk and, oh, nobody likes me because I'm a Christian jerk. No, 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 no. God says it's okay if we're rejected for his sake. So if it's just you being offensive, minus the gospel, you just be offensive. But if you following Jesus sticks out in the world because of Christ in you, and at sometimes that will bring you rejection, if you haven't experienced it yet, it will, or tension at the very least, that is okay because we have been called to be set apart. So then they are rejecting Christ inside of you. Does that make sense? And so part of our purpose is that we would be that boat on the water because people need to be rescued, and God has chosen us, chosen us to do the rescuing. Isn't that cool? And so it's important that we stay on the rails, and that's what this thing has been about. Number two, the message. This thing has been passed on and on and on. And do you think maybe that God gave the message to you so that you could share it with the people in your life? Nod your head with me. Wake up. Yes, that's exactly why. But, uh, Pastor, I don't, I don't know the Bible very well. I don't know my Habakkuk from my Lamentations from my first and second whatever. Okay, that's fine. We can work on that. But what you can share with somebody right now is your story, just like Chris and Amy shared with us today. Do you think people are interested in what they shared with us today? Absolutely. Because it was genuine. It's their story. It's saying God has done something for me in my life, and I'm choosing to follow him, and this is, this is what's happening to me. You have that. We each have that. And so the message is, God, it's me before God. God comes into my life, and this is how it's going right now. You can absolutely share that with anybody and everybody. And oh, by the way, they like to hear the stories of your struggles. Because if finding Jesus means that you have forgotten how to be human, you're, you're, you're actually no good to the gospel at that point. Because the gospel is, no one is righteous without him. None of us are perfect. Every one of us is dependent upon the grace that came through the cross to rescue our souls, to have life, and to continue living. And people want to hear those stories. I'm struggling in my marriage. I, my kids are, my head, their heads spin around constantly, and they just vomit, and I don't know what to do. These are the things that unite us. Now they just ride dirt bikes and spend more money and, and crazy things. And, and, but these are the things. It, this isn't about separating yourself from the earth. It's about being in it but, but not being of it. We have a message. 
And the saddest thing we can do, the, the Bible shares this little parable of, of why would you have a lamp? Would it be to put it under a bushel, a basket, a covering? No, it should be on top of the lampstand for the world to see. And so the little light that, that God is, 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 is building up in you, this little spark that he's fanning into a flame, he wants it to be visible to the people around you, which leads us to the last part of being sent. The Great Commission is to go into all the earth. All the earth. Had a couple pictures in there from Mexico. We got to go on our first mission trip last summer. It was fantastic. So there's going to be times where we send our people and, and our money around the world. And there's going to be times where we partner with one of the ministries we want to partner with every month is, is a ministry in inner city Columbus that feeds the poor and helps change the cycle of poverty. We had Pastor Lloyd preach about a year ago, and we want to partner with him, and we want to take care of and be connected to our city at, at large, Columbus. But I want this church, God wants this church to make a difference right here in Pickerington, Ohio. And some of you live in Reynoldsburg and Pataskala, but this, this little part of the planet, could it be better off because a church called Family Church exists and some crazy people go to it that love Jesus just enough to stay holy, to share the message, and to take it with them wherever they go? We've got some big dreams for this place. I believe that this is a year where we take significant steps forward in, in, in our children's and our youth ministry. Uh, my parents have started doing a young adult dinner uh, the third Friday a month. I love the, there was a Facebook comment that says, can we have a middle-age adult dinner? And uh, absolutely, these are, I believe that the church can be built or, and will be built around the table, which is, suits me just fine. I believe it's supposed to be about community and relationships and time with each other. It's supposed to be about crying over this together and celebrating, that. sometimes just going and catching a movie or a pizza because we care enough about each other to want to be together. Do you think that that would minister to the world around us? It absolutely will. With the time I got left, I just want to give you a picture of what this has looked like in my life. If you don't know the whole story, I can just give it to you in pieces, but it was about 10, I was about 10 years old when we started coming to a church called Trinity. And Trinity was here then, and now Trinity, they built the newer building across the street in 1995. And so the whole concept of me preaching in a place where I went to as a kid, you know, is just bizarre. Uh, it's, it's only God can, can get the glory for something like that. And so um, it was, we had a, a revival set of meetings, and over in this grass across the street, uh, we had a, a tent set up, and, and we brought in a speaker, because that's what churches used to do, and, and some still do, and, and uh, because you're going to get really good and saved if it's a guest speaker in a tent, you know, because God doesn't speak any other Sunday, but, you know, you get ramped up for the tent meetings, and, and it was great. And, and what was supposed to be a few days went into a couple weeks, and, and I've shared with, some of you have heard this before, but it's one of those situations where I felt like the preacher and I were the only person people in the room. That's called the Holy Spirit, and it's time God is moving you 
forward. He's moving you to something. He's wanting you to take a step. When you get those moments of conviction or just transparency before the Lord. And I remember saying something like, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. I'm yours. I was not a very holy person then, and I still don't consider myself a very holy person now. I will cuss my dog out at certain times, and I get very upset at Buckeye games when I just do. But good prevailed last night. But the real definition of holiness is being set apart. And in some basic way, even with all of the ways that I would bump my head and, and, and stub my toe in my faith after that, that was the moment where I set myself aside for the Lord. And I chose to be His and His alone. That's what makes us holy. It's, it's when we choose Him. It's, it's these moments of baptism where I choose God. I, ch I choose Jesus. And so fast forward a little bit, or a lot of bit, and had a heart for ministry and, and would, would help other kids and, and served as a youth leader real young with my youth pastor. And, and if you'd asked me at that time, I would have said 100% that I, I wanted to be a youth pastor. And, and, you know, life gets busy. It throws you curveballs, and, and um, you know, you get distracted sometimes. Maybe you forget what was a dream at one point. You just kind of write off as, ah, that was just something that sounded good at the time. And you get moving, you get paying bills, and you're cruising through life. And then God broke back through again. We hadn't stopped following him or anything, but um, my wife always hears God first kind of upsetting to me, but I've just learned to deal with it, and, uh, and sometimes I think she just makes it up because she wants me to do something, but um, I'm just kidding. She wouldn't do that, but we felt like we were supposed to go into full-time ministry, and at that point, I'd been in sales and in construction materials. I'd worked for like places like 84 Lumber and Home Depot and, and um, still cared about the ministry and things like that, and we threw our hat in the ring, and, and just one thing led to another, and I find myself as the, junior, as the first junior high youth pastor at Trinity Family Life Center right across the street. Moved into that first house over there that was owned by the church, and, and they paid me like $5 a day, and, and it was great, all the ramen I could eat. And, uh, <laughs> and I had nights where I'd have one kid, have nights where I had two kids. I don't think there was ever a night with no kids. I may have quit. But what God showed me early on was that it doesn't matter the size of the audience. And actually, you can do quite a lot when there's just two kids that you can't do with 50 kids. And so there were days where we had 50, 60 teenagers over there later, and sometimes you miss the times with just two kids because... You can 
lock them all up in one room. And uh, no, I'm just kidding. But we saw it all over there. That, that turned into leading the, 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 uh, the whole youth ministry program and ended up with a uh, person helping me. And we had two vans picking up kids. We had about 10 kids in the juven- that were in and out of the juvenile detention center, all of them on probation, and, and using our youth ministry as a connection site to see each other and pass drugs around, I think. Um, but... We started seeing lives get changed. Chrissy right here pulled into a driveway, and, and, a, and a girl, she was dropping a girl off, and she said, wait here. Okay. She comes back with a shoebox full of all her drugs and paraphernalia. Says, I don't want this anymore. Chrissy calls me a few minutes later and says, Adam, I'm driving with drugs in the car. What do I do? Oh, we had a crazy time. We saw kids go into the water of baptism that had never stepped foot into a church before coming to youth group. Kids that didn't have functioning parents at all. Kids that were being bounced around the system. And and then even the... The other side of that were the, the kids that I've known since they were babies. And uh, you see some of them up on stage. Joel was up here today, and Catherine's up there, and there's some others in this building. And friends that I grew up at church with, Jason and April Romine, and, and uh, the Kemp's. And, and, and you see God build a life of relationships for a purpose. Purpose is important because without it, you go off the rails. Without it, you'll settle for anybody else's prescription or description of your life. Well, you should be this. Well, I think you're good at that. You should do that. Um, This is what me and my dad and his dad did, so that's what you're going to do. This is, that's the school you're going to. This is, oh, Oh, no, and then you have the other friends pulling you down. Now, I, I don't think you should be successful. I think you should hang out in the gutter with me because it makes me feel better about who I am. You ever notice that? People love pulling people down. And you try to take a few steps up, and, man, they just come right after you. Purpose. The years go by. And, of course, Danielle first. God says something's coming in a few years. And not just another baby. Like, we had a few of those, too. But she said something com- something's coming, a shift. And if you'd asked me in those years of ministry, as crazy as it made me, I could have spent, that, I could have spent time with teenagers for the rest of my life. I was absolutely happy with it. Some people treated it like a stepping stone to, like, big boy ministry. I knew I was happy doing it. But then I I felt my heart get stretched out for you adults. And I be one too now somehow, at least on paper. And adults are more difficult than youth. Sorry that you are. Um, but next thing you know, I'm, I'm starting to carry more of a role of associate pastor over there. And Pastor Scott thankfully put up with all of my shenanigans. And, and uh, I was 
had to be called to the carpet a few times for my passionate displays of stupidity. But I began to build relationships with people older than me and, and began to walk through life with them and began to see uh, just how God was using me. And then through a series of events, which include getting, included getting fired, by the way, those are bad moments. And you question what God is doing. And occasionally you get the rearview mirror and you see what he is doing and was doing. And you see that he used it to move me from a very comfortable place that I was. Very comfortable. I, was, I, I, could, preach, I could have preached there every Sunday forever. I could have, as much as, as, much as he would have let me, I could have kept doing it. I could have kept driving those vans and picking up kids. I could have kept doing it. And God says, I got something else for you. And we felt called into leading a church. And a friend named uh, James Dewhurst, he's a pastor uh, over in Pataskala, real church, awesome church. He said, Adam, you need, to, you need to come with me to a Bible study that's being led by Pastor Conan of C3. Okay. And I walked in there, and here's this group of guys that were getting ready to plant churches. And their stories were similar to mine, but different. They had different ideas and pictures of what churches could look like and what they'd feel like, and were being called to different parts of town, different parts of the city, different parts of the state. We got to meet a young people at a conference just a, a month ago that are starting a church today, Brave Church in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. God bless them today. And I started meeting with this group of guys, and, and God started continuing to speak to me and, and give me a picture of, what's, of what the church would look like that he was calling us to plant. And I tell the story, and it, it, I got to share this with our, uh, our bank uh, representative, uh, Brian, up there at PNC. And this blew his mind. I told Pastor Conan, I said, Pastor Conan, I said, I want to be in your network. I said, but I feel called to Pickerington. If you don't know C3, they're the large church that's right down by the junior high, uh, in between the junior high and, and uh, Central High School. Go Tigers, state champs, yeah. Sorry, North, maybe next time. I don't know. Um, I love both schools. I said, Pastor Conan, I said, I'd love to be in your network, but I feel called to Pickerington. He goes, well, what's the problem with that? I said, well, you're here. Isn't that how this works? He looked at me, and I'll never forget it, and I like sharing it with as many people as possible. He said, Adam, I don't care if you build across the street from me. God's called you to reach different people, and there are plenty of laws to go around. And I started hearing things like that where guys put the kingdom of God ahead of their own little kingdoms called local churches. And I said, I can do that. I can be in a place where I can breathe fire onto other people and to get other ministries going and, and to not be concerned about somebody else's success next door or, or whatever's happening. That's, that's what I want to be a part of. And so we joined arms then uh, with, uh, with C3 Network and uh, so that's, we're part of the Assemblies of God of the state of Ohio. And, and I've seen this group of, of people engage with each other to reach the state for the kingdom of God. Purpose. 
I didn't want to just play church. I didn't want to just be another building. I just didn't want to be another group of people that had the right amount of ministries and the right kids program and the right this and that. I wanted to be a part of something that was connected to the larger church in a healthy way and making a difference locally. Does that sound like something you want to be a part of? Yeah. And so we set up shop, literally in a shop, in an out-of-business Christian bookstore down in uh, Hill Road. We knew the people that ran it, and, and I was sad for them when their business closed, and yet God would fill that place with life again. Now you can buy hair products if you work for a salon there. Um, but for four and a half years, we would lift up the name of Jesus in that space, and they were constantly shifting us around. You saw the different stage and layouts in there. And, um, and then we moved to last year, December. Is this okay if I reminisce just for a few minutes? I don't want to put you to sleep, but it's important that you see how God moves through things. Because what fills a slideshow in a three-and-a-half-minute clip costs something. It's changed my life and everybody else that's been attached to it. And so then come December, we've been, we were month to month, just so you know, we were month to month that entire time in that strip center. We never had a lease. We were also only paying not very much. I don't want to get anybody over there mad at him for how little he was uh, charging us. But that was the catch. Adam, at any time, Mr. Reiner said, he said, at any time, I will have to call you and let you know that you got to move out. And I realized that he was letting another nonprofit use a, 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 a building, and they got like 24 hours when they were asked to leave. I probably lost a few minutes of sleep every night for four and a half years because I would be okay, and then that little thing would just click back in. And, oh, goodness. What if, oh, So then December comes, 2017, and the phone call comes. Adam, we'd love having you here, but we got somebody that's going to pay full rent, and it's time to go. And I looked around, and I said, God, we don't have the resources right now to do much or anything. <laughs> Where are we going to go? Looked at a little space down by the PYAA offices, and what's really cool is there's a little church actually meeting in there. I knew it would be a perfect spot for a small, like, church starting, but it would have fit our size at that moment. And we could have easily switched over there. It was actually nicer shape than the space we had already been in. But we walked out of there, and a few people that saw it with me, we were all in agreement we, that just said this would be easy, but it wouldn't be right. Oh, okay. Well, it's not like there was more options on the table. That was the option. There were no options. That was it. Because what God told me in my spirit, he said, you are determining that you are not going to grow anymore. And we had about 50 people coming on average on a Sunday, and 
I was happy, loved everybody. Some of you are here today. God bless you. Who was here right before we moved over to this place? I love you guys. And I was like, God, if this is it, I just need to know. It wasn't it, obviously. Somebody says, well, what about, what about Trinity's old building? I said, what about it? I don't have a couple hundred grand. I think it was 250 the last I knew. Then somebody said, well, what if it was paid for? I said, I'm listening. Keep talking. So we get excited, call the realtor. Our realtor, anyways, called them. Good old Mike. He calls back, says, uh, it's already in contract. <laughs> okay, God. Um, <clears throat> uh, so just to catch you up, just, I, I know you got a lot going on, but just to catch you up with what's going on, you know, right here with me and Family Church is uh, we got to get out of that building. You told me that that building isn't right for us. You have a few people suggest this other building, and you want somebody else to have it. Um, have you all been there? It went out of contract the next day. We had this thing sewn up tight, basically, and within a few weeks, we had to do due diligence, do some inspections, which basically the inspections were just to find out how bad a shape it was in. Uh, it was to find out how long the list was, not if anything was wrong, but how much was wrong. And, uh, and so we put together this list, and it would take $50,000 to just do the immediate things just so that we could function in here. We had a person write us a check for $200,000 a family. That's crazy, by the way. That takes crazy faith and obedience. We got the church for $150,000, and we had our fifty grand to do the repairs. Do you think God was there in the middle of that? Yeah. Purpose. I'm going to close right here. The prayer team, if you guys want to move up in the, in the uh, worship team. Got some questions for you today. Have you set yourself apart for what God has for you? Have you set yourself apart for what God has for you? And he gives us other ideas. He gives us other skills and things like that. So you may be in a career. I'm not telling you to just give your two weeks tomorrow and go plan a church. If he tells you to, I hope you will, but that's not really what I'm getting at. Have you told him that you will do whatever he asks you to do? That's setting yourself apart for God. That's making yourself holy unto him. It doesn't mean you're going to automatically stop cussing at the dog or yelling at the TV or making mistakes, but you have set yourself apart in that moment. Have you set yourself apart for God? Have you made yourself holy unto Him? Number two, 
the message. Someone or some ones have spoken the message of Christ's love to you, and that's why you're here today. Will you share that message with someone else? I'm not here to play church and fill pews and, 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 and keep the lights on. That's not what we're here to do. I, I believe this group of people needs to take the message that has been shared with each and every one of us and share it with each and every one of the people that God has placed in our life. Have you chosen to relay the message of Jesus that was given to you to the other people in your life? Number three. Have you accepted the mission? Go. 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 The needs will always be there. And it's important that one at a time, we each respond to the challenge and the command of Jesus to say, go into the world. That any and all might be baptized into the name above all names. That any and all might say yes to Jesus and become a part of a family that belongs to the one and only living God. That one and all might have a chance to worship the King of kings and Lord of lords. That one and all might have an opportunity to meet the living God and to choose to have a relationship with Him. Have you said yes to the mission? Let's pray, every head bowed in this room. Five years today, it's just the beginning. There's churches that have been going for two forever. We're just one part and this is a blip. But if we're gonna move forward, if we're gonna grow, if we're gonna say yes and step into what God has for this place, which is full of people that need to make individual commitments to him, will you say yes? Will you say yes to setting yourself apart? Will you say yes to relaying the message? Will you say yes to going? If that's you this morning, I want you to raise your hand where you're at. Will you join me in the mission of this church as we move forward? I see those hands. I don't take this lightly. I don't take this lightly. I see those hands. And finally this morning, last but certainly not least, have you said yes to a relationship with Jesus Christ? Have you asked for forgiveness of your sins? Have you chosen to follow Jesus so that you could have a meaningful relationship with Father God in heaven? If you haven't, or it's been a long time and you've fallen away and you're ready to come home today, would you raise your hand? I want to pray with you. Anybody in this room this morning is ready to say yes to Jesus and to cross the line of faith this morning? I see that hand. Hallelujah. God bless you. A simple prayer goes like this. God, I need you. I've been doing this my own way. Would you forgive me of my sins? Would you lead me forward into your truth and your best ways for my life? Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for my sins. 
I choose you today. All of heaven celebrates with you today and says, Amen. Can we stand and close in worship this morning?